0: And I said, right, I'm never, I'm never, ever eating another carbohydrate ever again.
1: Um, the world itself right now, the culture that we live in is not built to sustain human life in a happy, good mindset and frame of mind. It's yeah. important that we have podcasts like this to talk about mental health um, as well as just the bodybuilding side of it. So there's a lot that comes into it. It's yeah. not to be ignored. Hello guys, welcome to Carnival Coach's Corner. This is session number five, and it's a podcast dedicated to meatheads of all ages, shapes, and sizes who want to take their health and their physiques to the next level. With each session, you'll learn from Mark Ennis, who is a functional nutrition therapist, an RFU rugby strength and conditioning coach, and he's currently on contest preparation. He's also from Dublin in Ireland. Also joined with Colt Milton, who's a three-year full-time nutrition consultant, posing and contest prep coach. He works with Ketobrack, Celtic Sea Salt and Metabolic Nutrition and he's also a classic physique competitor and he's from Washington in the US. Myself, I'm from the south of England, I'm a carnival bodybuilder for three years. I've got a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and I've been bodybuilding for around 14-15 years now with um, top national level um, competitions under my belt so done a pretty good job there. But other than that, that's me. We're here every week answering your questions submitted by email to admin at supersetyourlife.com. The frequently asked questions from each of your regular one on one consultations with us. And we will discuss trends, topics and things related to carnival diet and hypertrophy training. So this is our fifth session which we will discuss feature listener question. Which is Mats Anderson from Norway, not Ireland. He asked, Do you advocate all beef? A variety of meats for overall health and performance other topics are what caused each of us to go meat based and also we're talking about carbs on carnivore is this okay or not okay so grill up a steak kick back and listen up to coach mark as he kicks things off by answering matt's question so mark do you teach to consume a variety of meats or do you like to stick to mainly beef and
0: um, it depends on the individual and I find that for most people, they they find they get they're a lot fuller when they just stick to red meat. But um, for most of the people that I work with, they like the, they like a variation of meats. Some will eat fish, some will eat chicken, lamb, pork. I think the, the more variety that's in the diet, I see the more they're actually sticking to it. Whereas if they're just sticking to like just like say red meat, let's say two or three times a day, this is where I find that people actually struggle. Um, when they're on the program.
1: Fair point. Why you cope?
2: Just so that everybody knows, we are definitely coaches and not doctors, right? <laughs> so we're not giving medical advice. Uh, my whole goal is to keep people out of the hospital, right? Um, take care of your health on the front end. But with that being said, uh, personally, I'm one of the people that does better um, eliminating everything, especially if I'm cutting. So I'm on a semi-cut right now, um, losing about a half a pound a week and taking it very very slow having just cut low intensity cardio um, and so i'm really having to relearn my satiety signals and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun actually because i'm working a lot better with the reduction in low intensity cardio um, i'm not overtraining as much as i was um, being able to stick to a diet and really know for sure whether i'm hungry or not if more of the same food sounds appealing great then i'm hungry if more of the same food doesn't sound appealing i'm probably stressed or bored or something else but i'm probably not really in tune with my satiety signals at that point um it has to be a food that works for you so like for me personally ground beef steak um anything beef i just thrive off of it i feel my best i'm performing the best on things that i'm gonna try to keep this g rated (laughs) um i'm sleeping better i'm feeling full in the gym um and, and I love it, I never get sick of beef. So I've been eating nothing but beef personally for the last over 100 days now. That's the only um, animal products that I've been consuming are strictly 100% from beef. So that's been mostly ground beef, a little bit of steak here and there. Um, one of our new clients asked us, what's the deal with ground beef? Like, why are you such an advocate of it? Um, it's more voluminous. And so like, it takes longer for me to eat than steak. Um, also, it has a lot more fat than steak has um not as not quite as high of nutrient profiles especially when it comes to things like magnesium um but it's still got a great source of everything and you're you're hitting all of your nutrients as long as you're sticking to beef um ribeyes in particular i don't know what it is about ribeyes i got a I got a client that eats 30 that she orders 30 ribeyes a month so she literally this is wendy mark so she literally eats a ribeye every single day and she loves it um, and then I have a lot of people where they just, they just can't handle it. Just the thought of only being able to do one single thing, uh, one thing every single day, um, that really backfires. Uh, oh, uh, with, 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 a small exception, keto bricks too, by the way. So I'm like 95% carnivore right now with a very, very small amount of, um, very strategically chosen plant food sources. So that, ha- um, eliminating everything like that works beautifully for some people and, um, at the start of this 100 day challenge, I'm still doing it just because I love it. Um, and there's a couple of us diehards that are still eating nothing but beef and uh, and keto bricks too. Um, but half of the people that, that started um, just just didn't want to stick with it for the next for, for, for the rest of the challenge for whatever reason it was. Um, but it was for the most part, either just getting bored, or some people actually just feel way better eating chicken and pork and not with beef. So you can't argue with that, right? You can't argue with what your body is telling you. And the purpose of the challenge was never to uh, make a competition between each other, but more something for all of us to try and see if this uh, makes our health better or worse. And for um, for for pretty much for pretty much everybody that made it through the hundred days, um, everybody's everybody's loved it. So I guess what I'm saying is, uh, health wise, you could probably make an argument either way. Um, in, t- in terms of being able to adhere to a diet and get the most out of it. I think it's a hundred percent dependent on your, on your preference at that point.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with, um, a lot of that really. Yeah. I think it, like kind of, um, Mark went to the point that it's hard to overeat if you're eating one food mm-hmm. that can work for people to their advantage or to the disadvantage. Um, if you're someone like myself that quite likes a bit of variety, um, I like different foods. I like to enjoy my food. Um, Saying that I can enjoy the same food every single meal. If give me, I don't know, some ground beef, some eggs, some cheese, and every meal, yeah, I'd ha- happily have that every day, mm-hmm. every single one of my four meals per day, no problem. Uh, but and some people, they have a bit of cheese and want more cheese. You know, they, whether you're an abstainer or a moderator, that comes into it as well. Um, for people gaining weight specifically, if that is a goal, like to gain muscle mass, we're talking about here, um, it's going to be easier. In the long term, to do it with a variety of foods, You've got more foods to choose from. Um, how do we know that? If we look at an obese person shopping cart in the grocery store, we'll see that they've got loads of different foods in there. You look at a healthy person's diet. You know, you know, healthy, healthy as far as you can tell, does of their waist circumference? Um, they'll have a few, you know, key ingredients, some pl- some plant foods, some meat, some dairy, maybe just a few things, maybe like ten items they won't be obese, so I think um, in a way, the more monotonous you are of your food intake, the more specific you are, the less likely you are to overeat. Um, now saying that, would I advise to clients? That's kind of what the question's asking. Um, I advise that they eat the foods that they like that makes them feel healthy, and it's nothing too controversial at all, I don't think. Also, I would say that I try to keep on the same foods if possible. I don't like to introduce things if it's completely new to them, unless they're Showing symptoms that they perhaps they lack these sort of things, you know. If they're eating chicken fires every day, um, they're getting cramps. I might say, okay, maybe you need some dairy in your diet for more calcium. You know, maybe these things missing here. You know, these are all trial and error sort of things. There's no sort of um, one way work for, works for everyone. Um, for example, you might look at Sean Baker, who I met this weekend at the public health collaboration in the UK, um, and he is around about the same body weight as me. But he's six foot five. Um, we're both high-performance athletes by what I'd say is a high-performance athlete. He's a Guinness World Book of Record holder. Um, I'm a top amateur natural, national sorry, bodybuilder. We both perform at a high level. He eats a diet of mostly steaks, some eggs very occasionally, and sometimes some salmon, very rarely. Myself, I eat a mixed diet of all animal foods, dairy, eggs, fish, steak. You know, it's all my way to skin and cats, so it's not really a... Like I said it's not one size fits all. That's that's basically it in a nutshell.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, and I and I think, sorry, I I just think that um sustainability should be the key factor. I mean, when I when I take on a client, I know I'm I'm looking at two things. I'm looking at okay, can can they afford to eat this food? So are they, can they afford to eat ribeyes? Can they afford to eat salmon? All this all this food is quite expensive in my country. So I need to look at alternatives and say, right, okay, listen, we need to look at your budget. Can you budget this? And, and for most people, you can actually do carnivore on a very, very low budget. Very, oh, very yeah. low budget. One hundred percent.
1: Yes.
2: So it's, it, so, it's easy. so cheap. It's it, it is the cheapest diet.
0: Yeah. You can just go for mince and chicken thighs. It's so cheaper. So much cheaper.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, but on the other on the other side, when I have people that have have some money. Then, yeah, we can add in ribeye and the salmon. But again, I like to have just a mixture of variety because I know for me personally, when I look at a meal, I want to make sure I'm eating something different every couple of hours. And I know for most of the people that I work with, they've got the same problem. They don't They want to just look at like a piece of ribeye on a plate and then six hours later, they're going to look at another ribeye. It's not going to be sustainable. For most people and for some people, maybe they can do it. But I know for a handful of people and I know for a handful of the people that I work with, they there's no way. They they'd be they give it up in within a week. And I think the biggest thing is is actually listening to what the actually the client wants. Yes, they want to the change, but they may not want to just eat like red meat all the time. They might want to get results and your you as a coach need to get them results and not just rely on red meat. Just show them there are other different there are other options to get the job done.
2: Hundred well, percent. And I, and I think right, let's get to the next well, question. Yeah, so, sorry, last heads. last thing I just want, I just wanted to add to that is I think we could all agree that if 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 any of us ever receive that question, the first words out of our mouth as coaches should be congratulations for asking that question because just the fact that you're asking it means that you're 99% of the way there already. Anyway, you're you're just trying to figure out which meats are working for you best. As long as you're sticking to nothing but meats, I mean, you cannot go wrong.
1: That's a great way of framing it. I like that a lot.
2: Thanks. Excellent. Yes.
1: All right. This week's topics are, so what caused each of us to go meat-based? Mark or Colt, would you like to start? Yeah. I'll
2: Do you start. want me to start? You go uh, ahead, Colt. All right, yeah, I'll go ahead on this one. So um, so, I, so I started off with like pretty much how all of us did, right? Standard American diet, because you're, you're taught that you need your grains, you need your orange juice for vitamin C, right? That's the best thing that, that you can put in your body to start the day. Um, cereal, uh, five egg omelets with ground beef in it and loaded with cheese. And so I was packing away more food than probably most people eat before I even walked out the door, like first thing in the morning. Right. Um, I was also playing hockey. I was also playing, I was also running track. I was also doing cross country. I was usually doing two or three sports at the time. A lot of them were high endurance sports. And then there was weight training worked in there as well. Um, And so that was great and i was in pretty good shape i was never really able to see my abs but uh but but it allowed me to be a highly competitive athlete um, by pretty much everything my senior year that continued into college and because i was so young and so active i was able to get away with it and i was able i was basically out training a bad diet my entire life right and i was confused as to why i was able to build muscle uh, fairly easily if I put the work in because I really wanted it, but I was never able to see that hard condition. Look, you know, something <laughs> that I really wanted ever since I was a kid. Um, and so that led me to, to uh, pick up Arnold, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding encyclopedia. And after reading that thing, it basically, I, I was just like, okay, yeah, this is something I want to do. Um, and so it in- inspired me, decided to do my first show and started cutting the first time, didn't know where to start. So I started with, uh, if it fits your macros, it's the most popular trending thing, and let's face it, right? It looks the most it, it looks the most appetizing um, because you can eat whatever you want as long as you fit it within a certain amount of calories and a certain amount of protein, fats, and carbs. Um, and so, although I disagree with 99.9% of everything that's taught in that, um, I guess uh, approach to nutrition, if you want to call it that, it's still better than where I was, and it got me lean. I was able to do my first show, um, and I was and I was able to see my abs, but my, my 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 physique definitely screamed just this guy doesn't have a coach and he needs a coach <laughs> so uh four shows later i hired a coach and then um he helped me clean up clean up my diet and specifically get sugar uh, specifically get sugar out of it so then it became more uh paleo hybrid you guys are probably seeing a trend here Right. So I did. So I did, a, so I did a few shows on a paleo hybrid diet and all of my carb sources. I I'd, I'd learned my body enough by that point to, to know that I was an ups, uh, that I was a, an abstainer, not a moderator. So reducing all of my carbs to just one fuel source, uh, sweet potatoes, basically sweet potatoes were my carb source for the entire year. And it was way better off than where I was before. I was able to get shredded. I was able to get lean. Um it really took a toll on my hormones though, because my fats were pretty low to be able to maintain that conditioning for a year. So it wasn't a year that I was necessarily feeling that great. Uh, but up until that point, it was the best that I'd ever done. at shows um, took a few years, took a few years off. And then in 2020, we, st- we went keto uh, when we started the superset your life.com podcast. And basically our first couple episodes is when we were just starting and starting to get into keto and we loved it. And, um, I, I noticed that I just felt better without carbs altogether and on a high fat diet. Um, so we did that and then transitioned from there there to what I thought was carnivore, but it what, it really wasn't carnivore because I hadn't, I didn't realize how important it was to go to the extent of eliminating fiber in most plant sources. Um, so I did four shows on that. I would call it keto carnivore. And then up on, and, and, and that's when I was able to, to compete with more muscle mass and uh, much leaner than I was to the point to where the judges told me at my first show on a keto carnivore diet, that I was the leanest athlete on stage. And I heard that from multiple judges. Um, didn't, didn't win the show. There are a lot of guys that had more muscles than me, but man, I, <laughs> I wanted to out shred everybody and that. And uh, that definitely, that definitely did the trick. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was the best, that was the best shape of my life uh, might, might be forever. I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to compete again uh, this year of just guest posing and going for a bigger, fuller, uh, still hardened to find, but more sustainable year-round look. Um, something that's a bit more beautiful. <laughs> so I'm weighing about 10 pounds more than I was on stage. Um, excuse me, about 15 pounds above stage weight right now and cutting down five pounds. And since going, I would say, to about 95% carnival right now, I got to say that last 5% has made all the difference in the world. I've been able to adhere to 10 times better now after getting all plants out of my diet and I'm more, I'm more in two with my body workouts are better sleeping better um and it it just never gets old i never get bored of any of the food that i'm eating and i really don't miss anything that i that that i had been eating um before cutting them out before this challenge so that pretty much runs up uh sums up my carnivore story in a nutshell (laughs) what about you mark how'd you get started
0: so for me it's slightly different for me
2: i was a, a disordered eater for
0: a long long time um like if I go back, say, 20 odd years ago, I suffered with bulimia and anorexia. So when it came to like food and stuff like that, I was always, I always had a bad relationship with food, always. So lost the weight, wasn't happy. Then I went into rugby, put the weight on, put a lot of weight on, still wasn't happy. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I had I had a business, everything was going really, really well, lost it all through the, through the pandemic. Um, my mental health went to shit. Basically, I was on the verge a few times of ending it all. Um, and for me, it was like, okay, I need to fix my life. Um, and I knew what it was. It wasn't outside. It wasn't family. It wasn't anything like that. It was just food. I was. I had this relationship with food where I just couldn't stop eating. I just could not stop eating. Like I could eat and eat and eat. We used to go. Out, we used to go out for food, and I'd have plate after plate after plate, and I'd binge forever after food. And I said to myself, I can't. I can't keep doing this. Um, and I was putting the weight on and I was getting really, really emotional. My mental health was getting even worse. I said, okay, I need to do something about this. And then I stumbled across your page, Cult. I read a little bit about Jonathan and I saw a little bit about Robert Sykes. And I, I studied a little bit about keto. I said, right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. Because I always had this relationship with carbs. Take them out, go high protein, do high cardio, just do more training. The, the standard shite we always hear, just do more training. And six days a week, did that didn't work i got in great shape but when you look at me i was ripped to shreds i think it was around eight percent body fat but i was feeling like absolutely shit plus i was starving absolutely starving and for somebody that was had a a bad relationship with food and telling them to starve themselves just to get in shape was just it wasn't going to work for me so i put so i'd say within three days i think i put on about 10 pounds maybe 15 pounds of water weight and i was like okay this is just i need to i need to look at a different option here so oh, yeah. this is <clears throat> this is when I said, right, I need to I need to go down the keto route. So I did the keto route for a while. Everything was good, but I was still getting digestive issues. So I had the avocados in there, I had vegetables in there, um, and I was kind of like having like a highish fat diet, but again, things weren't working right at all. And I said, what's going on here? It doesn't work well. And the more I studied that, I said, oh, okay, what if I, what if I, if I just eat the meat on its own? And um, but that but what but that wasn't the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing for me was when I reached out the cold say, back in I think it was November I though. Um and for me it was always that phobia of me taking my top off. For me I've always had that phobia of it, even when I'm in the gym. You'll never ever see me with a vest on. It's because I've always had that um that fear if if you want to call it that. It's always that big mm-hmm. fear that um I can't take my top, I'm, I can't take my top off. I just I, I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah, and I spoke to Linda about this in November, and I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm in my 40s now. I can't live like this for rest because I still have that fear. It's like it's a, it's a terrible fear that I have. Um, I can't explain yeah. it. It's just one of those things that I've gone through all my life. I've gone through this since I was 12 years of age, and I think it's all, it all started off in school, like bullying and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, you're all you're overweight, stuff like that. You'll never get a girlfriend. You'll never you'll never make it in life. And then my the, the, the dyslexia got really, really wor- worse. My voice got really, really worse. Um, and everything was just going downhill. And I said to myself, okay, like, I just need to be me. Just just be me. And I said to myself, right, when, when it comes, I'm gonna reach out to this person and I'm gonna go all in because I knew at the time and I I could probably do this on my own. I could probably get on stage on my own, but I needed someone that has been there and that, that has actually done it. And I needed someone that's gonna guide me through it, put my ego to the sides, and just listen to everything that this person tells me. And I've I've always said that when I step on stage and I do take my top off, it's not about winning for me. And it will never be about winning for me. My biggest achievement will be when I walk out on stage half naked, I cannot tell you what that's actually gonna do to my life. That's gonna change my, like I'm getting emotional talking about it right now. It's gonna yeah. literally change my life. I, I, I just cannot, like the more I talk about this, like Linda will tell you, I get really, really emotional about it. It's, it's it's just it's a hard pill to swallow for me. Um I just want to get rid of it. I want to bury those demons forever and I don't want to ever look back ever again. And I think that's what Carnivore has actually done for me. It's changed my life
2: hugely, massively.
1: That's incredible, Mark. That's
2: that's amazing, bro. And yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so glad you didn't make the decision to do you know to do you know what when you were down in those in the, in those darkest of times because uh Cause i'd be nowhere without you bro <laughs> uh superset your would not be what it is without ne- you,
0: nearly nearly crying
1: nearly crying <laughs> wow yeah i can't really top that guys my story's not very very interesting <laughs> um i'll get i'll go into it anyway so basically in i think it was 2012 i decided to do bodybuilding competition i was something like like 16 years old at the time something like that. um I got quite lean, I was like okay, fine, so bear in mind I was about 6 months out of that point. I was like, well, fat makes you fat and carbs make you fat, if I just get rid of all the energy and just just eat protein. So I tried that, so I ate pretty much 5 cans of tuna a day for 5 months, did up to an hour and a half of cardio every day and about 5 or 6 weight sessions a week. Um, did I get lean? Yes. Did I get shredded? No. It told me that there's some sort of hormonal element there that I'm missing, which is quite frustrating. Um, of course I was missing fat, which is the obvious thing there. So I was eating tuna and eggs, not many eggs either. I'm talking like one a day maybe. So not really a nutritious diet. Um, I suffered with mercury poisoning, um, that triggered some of my anxiety, my depression as well. Um, really messed with brain chemistry that does. So it's not an ideal situation to be in. Yeah. That's my first deep, well, my, my um, first dip into carnivore dieting. Obviously I went off the rails then. I started binge eating. I didn't want to be unhealthy anymore. Um, didn't get in the shape that I quite wanted to get in, then yeah, you know, went back onto the carb diet. Um, a few years went on, I competed again, and this time slightly lower carbs. It, the diet was much easier to adhere to. That's good for me. Um, then again, about two years, well, I'd say 18 months prior to my last competition, uh, maybe a bit longer at this point. So it works about three, nearly three and a half years ago. That's when I sort of first started the, the carnivore diet itself. And funny enough, I was managing a vegan health food shop at the time. So I was again. everyone was against me there. I was doing a service to the um, plant-based community apparently. So yeah, ironically, but yeah. So what I wanted to do basically was feel a bit better. You know, I didn't want to eat four, five, six meals a day, whatever people eat nowadays. So I wanted to eat like three or four, which I managed to do. Um, and I was just eating, you know, salmon, eggs, beef, cheese, things like that, chicken as well, carnival foods, basically. And it got me quite lean, quite fast. My digestion was much better. My brain worked a lot better. I was able to um, stick to the diet very well. There was little sort of deviation from the diet. Um, Now, at that point, that was the same time I decided to compete in the competition that I was looking to do. That was due to certain events around the world. Um, It was cancelled four times. So I was effectively in contest prep for a year and a half, so 18 months. So I was very lean for a very, very, very long period of time. And that was not a great situation to be in. Um, saying that, I was amazed I managed to actually do that. So I managed to eat a carnivore diet for a very long period of time. And what was funny there was, I noticed I get, got very lean very quick. I got in contest shape, true contest shape, striated glutes, lines between your ass, um, basically, in about so six to eight weeks when I started the carnivore diet. There's something to this, you know. I'm eating high fat than I used to. I'm, something's like happening, you know. Much easier to adhere to. You I know, mean, I wasn't binge eating. I wasn't, you know, eating crap basically. And um, yes, yeah, so I carried it on. Um, I also found out through people like Sean Baker, who I found out actually after the fact I started the diet. Um, other people as well, Phil Escott, Harris Parnas, Bart K. You know, there's loads of people I like to mention. Brett Lloyd. All these people had a slightly different impact on me. Um, I'm, for people that don't know, I am autistic. I was diagnosed age 21. Um, I was also diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome generalized anxiety disorder and depression so lots of different things I'm dealing with here. I've also got um, hip impingement and I've had a spinal fusion about six months ago now. I've had quite a complicated health history um, and mental health as well. So all these things have led me to think that carnivore diet is less inflammatory, which it is. How do I know that? When I eat foods that are not carnivore I feel like crap my inflammation is much worse. So I'm kind of at this diet, like I'm sure Colt and Mark, because I have to be. I do like the diet, yes, but I also have to be on this diet. It's not really an option. So, yeah, it works well for me and does the job for much better because of it. And that's basically it in a nutshell.
2: Hey, Jonathan, this this is, you know, something kind of personal, but um, I'm pretty sure all of our listeners know that our our son, being five years old, Mm. is – on the on the spectrum as well and uh that's from a lot of heavy metal toxicity and um from things that apparently can be reversed from the carnivore diet and so i guess just to your point um he's on it because he has to be i'm on it too because i have to be because um because mark (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah
2: you know i i got i got a history of bulimia and an eating disorder that's really really scary and the only way that i've been able to get past it and and be on a diet that i can actually stick with that works for my body is eliminating everything that just my body doesn't agree with and only mm-hmm. focus and, and only consuming the foods that re- that really are worth it. And if it's not worth it, and if, and if it doesn't agree with my body, then I don't have to eat it. I don't care who's, I don't, I don't care who's offering me what at a, at a, at a, at a social gathering. I mean, um, food, food should be food, not entertainment. And yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place to, to enjoy things in the splurge. Okay. That's great. But, uh, some some people just can't handle doing that very often and i'm one of them and so
1: i'm the it, same yeah it's not, the same. it's not
2: a matter of trying to be better than anybody else because we don't eat carbs it's just like it 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 really throws us off and my and my son and my son in particular yeah, yeah I really I I... he's
1: able to get the benefit from the diet like i have honestly yeah. it's um the moment he comes off it you'll know sorry what yeah. you saying, mark
0: no i just i was just gonna say i love that point like you said uh, jonathan I'm on this and I know you are as well because I have to be mm-hmm. if i'm gonna if I'm gonna keep on doing the right things and being there for my family and just looking after myself, I have to be on this diet because I know what's what has what's happened in the past and there's no way there's absolutely no way am I going back to that ever again like if i give you if I give you just a, like a dark example of me like years ago. And I'm glad Linda's not here because she gets very emotional when I've when I've actually said this before. But I remember, about, I'd say about three years ago, I was actually driving on the M50 in my car, um, and this is around, I'd say about one o'clock in the morning, and I was doing, I was going quite quick, and I was saying to myself, if I just drive, if I just keep on driving quick, and hit hit a pole at 150 miles an hour, it's all over. Like that's, I was just thinking, like, let's just do it. And I, I, I'll never forget it. I, I think five minutes into when I was actually going to do it, my daughter Katie shouted out to me, "Don't do it." That's a, that's no word of a lie. Yeah. That's that's as true yeah. as God.
1: That's yeah, me. you have to take these um, things and seriously.
0: I, I, I'll never, I'll Oof. never forget it. She was right beside me, and she said, "Daddy, don't do it." Hmm. And that's when I said, "That's when I, I stood, stopped the car, broke down in tears." I, I must have been there for about forty five minutes and I drove home. And ever since then I said, Right, I need to get help and I need to do this properly. And I said, Right, I'm never, I'm never, ever eating another carbohydrate ever again. Because I knew that was the damage it was doing to me. That's, that's, it. that's yeah. it that's 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 how powerful it was.
1: There's a global phenomenon happening right now, guys, and it's called um bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit happening around us which gets us down. Yeah. Um the world itself right now, the culture that we live in is not built to sustain human life in a happy good mindset and frame of mind not one bit we've got a lot working against us right now so it's important that we have podcasts like this to talk about mental health um, as well as just the bodybuilding side of it so there's a lot that comes into it it's not to be ignored
0: and isn't is isn't it amazing that when when you do talk about mental health people think that it's just about okay i just need to go to the gym or i just need to go for a walk or i just need to do exercise but that's that's not even half of what you need to do you need to just reevaluate your diet. Look what what you're doing because if you reevaluate your diet, that could be the missing puzzle of the jigsaw. Or 100%. the missing piece of the jigsaw.
1: Yeah. Should we go to our next point about the carbs? Yeah. It's let's go. It's Quite a big big topic for us to good sure. segue into that. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about carbs, should we? The um the dopamine serotonin releases. Okay. So carbs and carnivore, perhaps cult. Uh what do you think? Okay or not okay?
2: Definitely not okay, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, there's there's not one person that needs to have a carbohydrate, so why would you play with fire if you don't if you don't have to? Now that being said, is that realistic for everybody? Depending on your lifestyle, probably not. Is there a way to incorporate them um, on a on a meat based diet? Yeah. Um, as a coach, I'm always gonna be the one to encourage you to go away from everything plant based and stick to everything meat based, and then from there figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Uh, If you can handle carbs in your your diet and still be in tune with your satiety signals and still get great workouts and still not get knocked out of ketosis and still not get inflammation and still be able to stick to it long term, uh, great. Um, I'm not one of those people that can, so I just never do um all my workouts are fasted it doesn't matter what i eat before it could be a keto brick it could be a piece of ground beef if i have food in my stomach it throws me off and i feel bloated <laughs> and so even on stage day and for that reason that's why i'm not I, I don't i typically don't eat anything on on stage day so i'll do a massive refeed mm-hmm. the night before a competition um and that and that'll be fat or protein depending on if i'm going for conditioning or for fullness uh, i find that i can fill out bigger but i lose a little bit of conditioning if i overdo the protein because of the gluconeogenesis spillover. Um, but I just, I, I, don't, I don't see any practical reason where somebody would necessarily be better off once they're truly fat adapted and they haven't had co- carbs for quite some time. Um, that's, just, that, that's, that's just my opinion in two cents worth as, as to, um, how to how to go about carbs. But I mean, if somebody knows what they're doing, um, incorporating something smart like um, honey or something that's low glycemic index, like sweet potatoes, as long as you're okay with all the uh, oxalates and phytic acid then great <laughs> um but yeah in, in a nutshell not personally a fan
1: <clears throat> would you like me to interject mark or...
0: okay so i'll just give you my quick take on this so again i'm not into i'm not into carbohydrates around full stop um but what i ha- what what i'm what i would say is that when someone comes to me and they're saying like i want to eat carbohydrates. No matter what, I want to eat them. Then I need to factor in. Okay, they want to eat the carbohydrates, but where is the best place to put them? So that's what I need to. That's where I need to figure it out. And how much? How much does the body actually need? So this is where I'm focusing on. um how much does the bloodstream actually needs? How much glucose does it needs? So I've been looking at pretty much around the workout area, simply because this is where we're going to be more insulin sensitive. So. I would be saying like, okay, if we're going if we need to add carbohydrate into the diet, and you're gonna be training, let's say in the, fasted in the morning, well then I would have a complex carbohydrate in there before they actually go to bed. So let's something like a sweet potato, again not too high, just something small, and um, but I'd make sure the fat is in there as well because I don't want this this spike in insulin going like this. I want to make sure it's it's it's, just, it's just, um everything's going nice and nice and stable. It's going pretty much pretty much like this. Um, I don't want any um, spikes in insulin at all. Now, if someone says to me, "Right, okay, I want to train before the gym, but I need to have carbohydrates." Let's say an hour to an hour and a half. Again, this is where I would say, "Okay, let's add in like, um, say, um, a simple carbohydrate." So this is where I would say, "Let's add in some like uh, something simple, like simple sugar, like not simple sugars, but let's say some baby rice, a small amount, um, maybe a little bit, maybe a few berries." Um, Maybe a little bit of um, – maybe we'll look at a, a, a supplement of, like, cyclic, cyclic dextrin. It, again, it's going to be a small amount, just a small amount. So for men, maybe around 25 grams. For women, maybe 15 to 20 grams, depending on uh, what, what size they are in their
2: body hey, weight. Mark. But, hey, Mark. Yep. So, sorry to interrupt. Uh, what is cyclic dextrin? Dextrin.
0: So, cyclic dextrin is like a, it's a carbohydrate source you get in a supplement. So it's just, it's it's this um, fast-absorbing carbohydrate goes that goes through the body pretty quickly. You don't get any crashes from it, um, and it just pretty much helps you absorb it during your training. That's pretty much all it is. So it's very very easy to digest. Um, this is what I've been hearing. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I've tried it in the past. I felt that when I was drinking it during my training, I was getting bloated. I, was, I wasn't feeling very, very good. But I know a lot of people that have it, and um, say many, many things about it. But I think these people are just addicted to sugar. That's the only reason why they have it. Um, but going back to my going back to my point, I just think that people who say they need to have carbohydrates in the diet, I would always be a big fan of just putting them in around a training area, and then once that's over, pretty much the rest of the day, we go back to our standard either high fat or high protein, whatever you want to do.
1: Perfectly well said. Yeah, I'm not a fan of carbohydrates either, Um, exogenous carbohydrates from plant sources. Um, What do we know about them? They lead to glycation. The more you eat, the more glycation you have. What does that mean to you? It means that you have more excess chronic inflammation, which is bad for your body. It's not um, appropriate for us as human beings. We don't need more stress in our body. We need less in our modern society. Um, what else is there virtually all forms of sugar are high in deuterium what does that do that um, negatively impacts mitochondrial function what, what does that mean to the person that's listening to this video it means that your body is less efficient at everything there's mitochondrial and like pretty much all your cells you know it's a it's kind of like what they define as like the machine machinery of your cells the energy creator kind of thing if that's not functioning properly everything can go wrong. Your susceptibility disease goes up. Your risk of infection goes up. Everything gets worse when you add carbs in your diet. Um, now saying that, are there times of day when you'll be less at risk of some of these things? Yes, like Mark completely correctly said. Um, around the workout, you've got more sensitivity in the GLUT4 receptors of the muscles. Therefore, you'll be able to uptake um, glucose into glycogen in muscle tissues that way. Um, how much should you have? Ideally none. Um, what I'd be sceptical about is adding these things into people's diets if the fat is not high enough. Mm. Um, so, for example, if someone is cutting for a competition and they have less energy, they want to gain more energy in the gym, for example, for, for performance, um, I'd look at the meal prior to training, personally. Um, I'd increase the amount of fat or protein or both in that meal. Um, you know, your body is a up-and-down system all the time. It's not a case of just putting one thing at one time. You know your body has a equilibrium it stays at um it has a net balance it's kind of like the fasted versus not faster cardio Then the end of the day it doesn't make a difference i don't know that because that's what the science says it does mm. not make a difference it's the it's the um it's what you're going adhere to so on that point as well if you're going adhere to having carbs and diet and you don't notice negative inflammation because of it fine mm. um saying that as well i mean if you're having for example 25 grams of cyclodextrin in your workouts. Um, that would probably be a better source, like Mark said, than perhaps um, dextrose or motodextrin or anything like that. A lot of people have stomach issues with those, so avoid those ones. Um, but yes, like I was saying, if you're digesting food when you're training, the blood is more so in your digestive tract. It's not in your muscles, so that can detract from your training. Yeah. Now, saying that, if you are someone that has to have it, you know, for some reason, that's the best way to do it. The way Mark said was the best way to do it. Personally, I'd avoid honey, um, very high in deuterium. Um, oftentimes, it's not raw and not organic, so it's not the best thing to buy. Um, but then again, if you're going to be buying succulent is it is an expensive product, it is a product at the end of the day, so it's not going to be um, ideal. You spend a lot of money on it. So that's it in a nutshell for me. None of my clients, to my knowledge, have have carbohydrates in their diet plans themselves at the same time there's a level of um what's normal to people what's socially acceptable so for example it was maddie's birthday a month ago she's one years old and i had a slice of cake actually that's a lie i had four slices of cake i enjoyed it the next day i was back on the diet so you know you can't just be perfect all the time it's not normal to be perfect all the time i've never actually met a carnival kind of, maybe I'd say ninety five percent of the people that I've ever spoken to that are on the carnivore diet have perhaps eighty percent adherence. Mm-hmm. So eighty percent of their diet is carnival, twenty percent isn't. So mm. what you're doing Colt even with the keto brick is not that bad. And what you're doing Mark with the um is it cacao butter is not that bad either. You know, there's a lot lot worse things to be doing. So good for you for sticking to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and just in regards to the carbohydrate, um another point is when I have somebody that wants to put them in, I'll usually put do a carb cycling approach. So I'll make sure if I'm putting those carbohydrates in throughout the week, I'll make sure it's on a big day. Let's say if they're doing a heavy back session or they're doing a big, massive, heavy leg session, that's where I'll put the majority of the carbohydrate in the program. Um, and what I will also do is, depending on what carbohydrate they're having, if they're having a simple carb, like let's, let's say – a baby rice foods an hour and a half before training, I will add a bit of fat to that because I want to make sure that the absorption of those carbohydrates um, is is slow and steady pretty much throughout the, throughout the workout. Again, I don't want any spikes. I don't want their energy going up and their energy going down, energy going up and energy going down. Um, like Jonathan said, I want to make sure that if, if we add fat into the diet, you're going to slow down glucose from getting into the bloodstream. We don't want we don't want the gut to, like, we don't want the gut filled up with, with a lot of blood. We want the blood going into the muscles. We don't be, we don't want to be going into our, into our workouts feeling like shit. So if you're going into your workout and you're like, oh my god, I don't feel it today. I'm I'm just not feeling it at all. That could be a sign that you're just eating too much carbohydrate. Or if anything, you shouldn't be eating any carbohydrates at all. Um, but if you're going into your workout and it sits in it sits in the body perfectly and it digests easily. Then that would be a good amount for you, but ideally, for I can I think we can all agree that for most of the people watching this or, or listening to this, you don't actually need any carbohydrates in around your workout at all.
2: Yeah, I'd say there's not well, one sorry. person that that Brilliant. needs them one hundred percent. Thanks for thanks that. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up with a tangible example of that. Um, this is Carly's meal plan. She she's a she what I would consider a high a high carbohydrate athlete. Um, She just did her third natural bodybuilding show. And so if you go to supersetyourlife.com, she's bam right there on the homepage. And uh, actually Mark and I just went over her diet on our show, but same idea. So um, she's got eight ounces of blueberries and an ounce of either raw honey or cyclic dextrin. Um, Cyclic, uh, excuse me, raw honey is a bit uh, better sourced here in the the United States. So the honey that she gets is legit. Um, and, then, and then after that, almond milk with, with rolled oats, uh, a little bit of honey, and a little bit of protein powder. Um, after that, she's got five eggs. After that, ground beef and white and white rice. Uh, her workout is in the morning, excuse me, between the blueberries, the raw honey, and the, uh, the post-workout meal with the rolled oats. And then she's got a meal with ground beef and rice um, later before bed. And then her dinner is uh, nine ounces of steak and eight ounces of sweet potatoes. So, um, keeping them all as clean as possible these are all these, these are all corpse carb sources that work great for her and she performs well on um and then her and then the two or three other people that we're training that are, that are on high carb diets are healthier than 99 percent of people and they're still and, and they're still fairly meat based so all mm-hmm. right i think that's been that's been enough for this session guys uh thanks everybody so much for your questions that you submitted in thanks for tuning thanks in so much to- guys yeah thanks sure- guys Make sure that you're subscribed and uh, please share the show. Your support means the world to us and has helped and has been what helped us get this production off the ground in the first place. Thank you very much for that. Uh, this lifestyle is simply who each of us are and helping others achieve similar results is more re- rewarding than all the money in the world could ever be. Thank you for helping spread the knowledge. You can follow all three of us on Instagram. That is Jonathan at composition underscore consultant. Mark at fitness beyond time zero one. Myself at Colt Milton. And for more of any of us, you can check out Jonathan's YouTube channel, Composition Consultant, or Mark and me on Skullbells TV and the supersetyourlife.com podcast. Thank you for joining. We'll catch you next week.